Nowadays, there's stuff, and there's stuff you don't need to know. A podcast that talks about geek and nerd culture and brings you the things that you want to hear about. Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. This is Jay, and before we discuss episode 3 of Stargirl, entitled Icicle, I just want to say that it is June, which means it is Pride Month, so to all my LGBTQ plus listeners and their allies, I just want to wish you a very happy Pride Month, and I hope that even though you can't get outside um, and gather and have parades and festivals and celebrations and whatnot, that you're still enjoying it, and just remember that you are loved and you are valid. So this week, uh, we're going to take a look at episode three of Stargirl, entitled Icicle, like I said up front, and I'm going to do things a little bit differently than I've done the last couple of episodes. I am going to get into spoilers, but just a little bit. I'm going to keep the spoilers at a mild level, so uh, a little bit more than I've done in the past couple of episodes. So if you really haven't seen uh, episode three yet of Stargirl, I do recommend that you go out and watch it before listening to this, but... Uh, I think you could actually listen and enjoy this one before watching it, but I think it's better if you do watch it first. So anyway, one of the things I want to say up front is, look, there's two ways. Well, there's uh, I shouldn't say there's two ways. There's a lot of different ways to watch Stargirl, but the two main ones is either on the CW or CW app or on DC Universe. And I actually enjoy watching it on DC Universe because, first of all, no commercials. <laughs> um, I kind of like watching it straight through. And, uh, you know, the DC intro, you know, really before the show gets started is something I really kind of watch and enjoy. But again, <clears throat> watch it however you like, as long as you are watching it. So again, I am really, really enjoying this show. I, I think, you know, the, the writing staff, uh, especially Jeff Johns, the showrunner, is doing a great job with it. Now, something that's a little interesting, a little bit of a side note. Um, before I started watching episode three, uh, I was just going on YouTube, you know, looking for different stuff and whatnot. And I came across... Um, really just kind of a discussion of Jeff Johns and Stargirl in general. Uh, the thing is, is, you know, I think I said this... Um, when we looked at the debut episode of Stargirl, is that um, Stars and Stripe, which is basically kind of the origin of Stargirl, which is what we're seeing now, really was his first foray into the world of comics. You know, this is, uh, you know, he developed the character of Courtney Whitmore, or I should say Courtney Elizabeth Whitmore. And, um, you know, it's not just the fact that this is his first character and this is his first, you know, attempt at writing for the comic industry. The character of Stargirl, the character of Courtney Whitmore is really near and dear to his heart because he based, uh, he based Courtney Whitmore on his sister, Courtney Elizabeth Johns. Um, I'm not sure if she was his older or younger sister. I don't really remember that from, you know, the uh, little documentary that I watched. But the thing is, is when you see, you know, pictures of his sister and you see artists rendering of Courtney Whitmore and Stargirl, I mean, the physical similarities are incredibly striking and it goes way beyond there. Um, you know, Jeff Johnson said about his sister and, you know, one of the things that was mentioned in this is that, you know, unfortunately on TWA Flight 800, um, his sister passed away, his sister died during that, you know, just horrific event. But, um, 
he says that, you know, a lot of the characteristics uh, of his sister, Courtney Johns, really carries over into Courtney Whitmore. Um, you know, she was spunky, she was athletic, but more importantly, you know, she stood up for everybody. You know, she stood up for the little guy. She stood up really just for, for people in her school, people in her neighborhood. She just had such a positive attitude and she always wanted to help. And, you know, in the first couple of episodes of Stargirl, we really do see that about Courtney, especially really in this episode. So again, I think the thing that I'm really liking about this show as compared to the show that I reviewed before in Batwoman. In Batwoman, okay, I didn't really know the character of Kay Kane very much. Um, you know, I had, you know, I had read a little bit about her. I kind of knew the basics on her. And I felt that, you know, the show Batwoman kind of did a good job of telling us who Kay Kane was and kind of giving us the origin of Batwoman. Um, in Batwoman, you know, Kate's, Kate's origin, Kate's, you know, reason for becoming Batwoman, it's a little bit kind of twofold. Um, you know, she's looking to protect Gotham. She's looking for justice. Um, and she kind of feels that when she discovers that her cousin Bruce was Batman, she kind of almost, not so much out of obligation, but it's kind of close to obligation, decides to take up the mantle of the Bat. Here in Stargirl, you know, Courtney Whitmore is taking up the mantle of Stargirl and you know, assuming responsibility for the cosmic staff, not so much out of a sense of duty. Now, she does believe that Starman is her father. I mean, She's just, you know, she is just so convinced of it. But it's not so much that she's taking it up like, well, my dad was Starman, I have to be Stargirl. Part of it is, you know, she wants justice for the death of who she believes to be her father. But it's really more than that. I mean, we really see, and we really, really see it in this episode, that Courtney is, you know, that stand-up girl. Pretty much like Jeff Johns' sister, Courtney Johns. Courtney Whitmore, you know stands for the little guy she wants to do what's right and you know there's a part in this episode when her and pat um are really you know again pat is really trying to dissuade her from from taking this on he is very very concerned for her you know the isa the injustice society of america i'm just going to call him isa going forward you know the isa are no joke i mean they will have no problem killing Courtney. It doesn't matter that she's a 15 or 16 year old girl. She is a threat to them. She possesses the cosmic staff and they will have no problem getting rid of her, her family and, and you know, anybody that really loves and supports her. So Pat, of course, you know, he's very, very concerned about that, but it's Courtney's desire just for justice in general. Yes, justice for Starman, who she believes to be her father, you know, yes, to protect her family, because as you remember in the second episode, Brainwave pretty much threatened, you know, threatened her family, especially her mother. Um, it's just for that sense of justice. I mean, at one point she does say to Pat, she's like, you know, <clears throat> I, I was not thrilled about moving here. I, I didn't feel that I belonged here. And ever since I got here and the cosmic staff found me and chose me, I really feel now like this is my place. Like this is my purpose. This is my, you know, my purpose is, is to do what's right and to stand up for justice. 
you know, and and yes, when Batwoman first got started, you know, Kate Kane kind of had that feeling or that responsibility of, you know, I need to bring justice back to Gotham. I need to keep Gotham safe. I feel that, you know, the character of Courtney Whitmore, or at least the writing here, I should say, you know, the way Courtney is written and the way, you know, it is presented to us, I believe it much more than I did with Kate Kane. And again, I'm not going to take any anything away from Batwoman. I love the show overall, uh, wasn't really thrilled with the ending, and now with Ruby Rose leaving, the show is really kind of up in the air. So with all that going on, I mean, Stargirl has really been kind of a breath of fresh air, um, really, you know, just with superhero storytelling and for the CW and for DC Universe in general. So I think another like hallmark of this series is, you know, we're getting a really nice kind of slow build of this universe and a slow development of these characters. And I think that's great. On the surface, we know Courtney and Pat, good. ISA, bad. But what we're getting here, especially at the beginning of this episode, is things are getting fleshed out a little bit more. So we're diving into a bit of a backstory at the beginning of the episode, and we're kind of seeing not so much the origin of Icicle, um, but we're really kind of getting to understand his character a lot more, which is great because we really don't know him. Um, really, up until this episode started, all we knew is he's a member of the ISA. He killed Starman. He's kind of the de facto leader. He's doing something called the American Dream. And he's pretty much been absent from Blue Valley, really, until Brainwave is attacked and defeated by Stargirl. He then comes back. So this episode opens up and we get, like I said, a little bit of a backstory on him. So apparently his wife is very ill. Um, it looks to be like a cancer type of a thing. And we, we realize that she was exposed to some sort of toxin. Somebody or some entity had exposed her to some toxin, which led to her death. And the thing is, is, you know, Icicle pretty much, you know, as she's on her deathbed says to her, you know, I'm going to find the people responsible for this and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to dispense justice. And it's really, really interesting when he's saying this and you think about the society that he's a member of, the ISA, the Injustice Society of America. On the surface, you would think it's sort of like, well, it's the opposite of justice. You know, it's injustice. It's bad. It's evil. But what we really see here is his motivation is, is he, in his mind, he is in, he and the ISA are fighting injustice it's almost sort of like in their minds they are the good guys and this is something that i really really enjoy um you know again on the surface we could say that it's star girl and potentially the new jsa versus the isa it'll be good versus evil but what's really great about what we're kind of learning more about the isa and hopefully we'll see this when corny starts to put together the new jsa is they might not be too much, they might not be too different from one another. You know, Icicle is pretty much saying that as as a member, as a founding member, as the leader of the ISA, he is fighting injustice, you know. If you think about the JSA and what they want to do and what Courtney wants to do, you know, she's like, in a way, she's fighting injustice as well. It's just, you know, it's like they have... They kind of have the same kind of goals. It's we want to fight injustice out there. Their interpretation, though, of what injustice in the world is, is vastly different. And it's kind of 
how do I say this? It's very interesting that this show is coming out now with everything going on in the world, especially here in the United States. You know, I'm watching the show and I'm seeing Icicle in the beginning. You know, his wife is dying. She was exposed to something. You know, somebody did this to her. This was an injustice that was done to his wife, that was done to him and his family, and he is going to fight it. And that's the difference is 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 in the way that injustice is being fought. Um and like I said, I just found it really, really interesting watching that, knowing what's going on here in the U.S. right now. And this is not going to get political at all. I'm just going to leave it at that. I think this show is kind of coming around really at a unique time. It's just it's really interesting that, you know, this show and specifically this episode really kind of happened this week with everything going on. That's all I'm going to say about that. So, again, we're getting a nice little origin into icicle who he is you know he's so like i said he tells his wife that you know he's going to find the people responsible for this you know for what was done to her and he's going to dispense his brand of justice on them she tells him no she makes him promise on her deathbed that he will continue to do his program the american dream which is basically really kind of the sense that we're getting here is they want to revitalize America. They want to improve America. They want to make America a better place. More specifically, they want to make it a safe place for their son. And so she, she on her deathbed, you know, makes makes him promise that he he will not give up that fight. And in, with her dying words, pretty much says to him, you know, anybody gets in your way with with doing this American dream. Anybody gets in their way, you you get rid of them. You know, she really there's she's very direct about it she pretty much you know anybody gets in your way hon you you kill them so what we're happening with so what's happening now is we're cutting back to the present day and you know the thing is his brainwave is still incapacitated icicle goes to see him pat also does go to pay him a visit because pat's concern is you know look they defeated Brainwave. Brainwave ended up in the hospital. How did he get there? You know, was he just discovered? If he was discovered, obviously he would have been in his Brainwave attire. That would have really raised a lot of questions. So he does a little bit of reconnaissance and basically finds out that uh, he was pretty much found, you know, on the steps of the emergency room. Pretty much, you know, it, 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 it kind of made it look like he was headed in for work. He was in his lab coat and he was coming into work at the hospital and suffered a massive seizure pretty much right there on the steps of the hospital so pat knows that brainwave is not alone which means that there's more members of uh, the isa around so he's pretty much telling this to courtney he's like look you know things just got a lot more dangerous now it's not just brainwave anymore there are others out there and if you thought brainwave was bad these other isa members you know it only gets worse because again you know he really reiterates it it's like they defeated the jsa they pretty much eliminated the jsa and you know he says to her we can't do this yes you have the cosmic staff yes i have stripe but we can't do this you know we're in way over our heads and you know he's really trying to dissuade her and what's really interesting here is we're now going to get the origin of the new JSA because, you know, in an attempt to kind of drive the point home, he brings Courtney to, you know, the JSA, the former JSA, pretty much headquarters. And, you know, the reason he does this is, is he wants to show her that, look, you see this group here? These were the, the most powerful heroes back in the day, back in the golden age. 
and the ISA eliminated them. There's not one of them left. They are all gone. If they couldn't stop them, how could the two of us stop them? And the thing that's interesting here is all the relics from the JSA are there. They're kind of left in memoriam. And Courtney points that out. She's like, look, you know, yeah, you and I can't do it. So we need help. Like we have all their gear here. We have, you know, all, all the, um, the tools that really made them unique. We have them right here. Let's form a new JSA. Let's get this done. Pat, of course, you know, is against it. You know, it's bad enough that Courtney's involved. He doesn't want to get anybody else involved. He really, he doesn't want to relive the events of 10 years ago where he pretty much saw his mentor and all his friends eliminated right before his very eyes. Like he, you know, I get it. It was a very traumatic experience for him. And, you know, why does he want to relive that, especially with his stepdaughter who, you know, we see that Pat really loves Courtney, even before she finds the cosmic staff, you know, he reaches out to her. He, he really tries to form that bond with her. And yes, their bond is being formed over, the cosmic staff and the reforming of the JSA and, and fighting the ISA. But I think, you know, for Pat and I think for Courtney too, it goes a little bit deeper than that is, you know, yeah, she was uprooted from her life. She was brought to the middle of nowhere, you know, blue Valley, Nebraska. She does not fit in there at all. But despite all that, she loves her family. We know she loves her mother her annoying stepbrother, Mike, I'm sure she loves him too. And she does love Pat, you know, cosmic staff or no cosmic staff. So what I think overall was really interesting about this episode is it's a lot about family. It's a lot about forming bonds, forming teams, and we see both sides of it. We see the JSA side of it, which right now, of course, is only really just Courtney and Pat. We see the ISA side of it because Icicle comes back into town and he confronts uh, Mr. Wizard, who is a uh, he's a senator, I believe. Um, he was the one last episode that Brainwave went to and pretty much said, Starman is back. Uh, don't worry about it. I'm going to find them. I'm going to get the cosmic staff and I'm going to kill this person. I'm going to kill this young girl. Um, you know, he should have, Mr. Wizard should have contacted, um, he should have contacted Icicle right away, but he didn't. Uh, we see that even though he is a member of the ISA, he seems to be a little more practical, a little bit more reasonable than some of the other members or the two other members that we've seen so far in Brainwave and Icicle. And it's almost like he does not want to get back into this, this life, this ISA life. Um, you know, he has a family, he has a son, he wants to protect his son. And that's the thing is, is we see when we're kind of introduced or reintroduced to Mr. Wizard here, we see him bonding with his son. His son loves magic, of course, having no idea who his father really is, but they kind of bond over that. You know, there's a big talent show at Blue Valley High School and, you know, Mr. Wizard's son wants to enter with his magic act. And, you know, we see Mr. Wizard giving him some tips and this and that and everything. And we really see that love there, the love he has, you know, for his wife, the love he has for his son. Then Icicle shows up and is pretty much like, you should have told me, you know, now I'm going to take care of everything. And pretty much says like, look, you're not in charge anymore. They left Mr. Wizard in charge when Icicle kind of went across the country hunting down the people that were responsible for his wife's death. He's like, you're no longer in charge. I'm in charge. And he goes, you know what? You're really kind of pathetic. You know, you have this magic wand that you, 
it has so much potential and you not so much that you don't know how to use it. It's almost like you refuse to use it to its fullest potential. You know, you were greedy for power. You killed your mentor. You didn't learn all your lessons and you're not really pushing yourself and you're not really kind of pushing this ISA and American dream agenda. So I'm back now and I'm going to do all of this. And what we do is we then kind of cut into the high school where we're getting really kind of more instances of just how good of a person that Courtney is. You know, she shows up to school and again, she doesn't really know anybody there. Um, nobody really bothers with her until Mr. Wizard's son kind of comes over and he's like, hey, you're the new girl. Let me show you this really, really cool magic trick. You know, and part of it is um, he's flirting with her a little bit. You know, I mean, Courtney's a cute girl. He really seems to kind of like her. Uh, part of it, too, is also, you know, identifying that she is the new girl and nobody's really talking to her. He really he's really going out of his way to try to help her foot in. Now, granted, he's not the most popular kid at school or anything. I mean, he's the kid that does magic at school. So he's not the most popular kid at school, but still, it's a very, very nice gesture. He does this card trick, uh, you know, pick a card, any card, and then he, you know, shuffles the deck and he makes her card levitate out and it is not her card. But there's already a crowd kind of gathering around. So Courtney being Courtney is just so polite about it. She's like, oh my God, yeah, you know, the, the three of hearts, which was not her card. You know, the three of hearts, oh my God, wow, that was so amazing. How did you do that? And, you know, she really kind of boosts his ego a little bit. And, you know, it's it's just a, a really a good example of the type of person that she is. You know, she could have gone for the popularity points here and been like, what? No, you know, wrong card. Oh, my God, you're so lame. This and that make fun of him and score a few points with the popular kids. But no, you know, Courtney is a good person. We then see uh, the young girl that sits at her table, uh, the one who pretty much doesn't say anything to anybody. Uh, in the first episode, when Courtney sits at the quote unquote loser's lunch table, She's the girl that the football players come over to and are mocking her about pictures on her phone. And uh, what we see here further is is the girl basically is being slut shamed. Um, <clears throat> she's at her locker. Somebody spray painted or painted the word slut pretty much right across her locker. And two very popular girls are really just hazing and mocking her, um, really essentially calling her a slut and you know, or something with a former boyfriend, a current boyfriend, this and that. And this girl is just silent. She's silently taking it. And Courtney pretty much comes over. And again, Courtney is not the most popular girl at school. In fact, you know, these two popular girls have really gone out of their way to kind of make her life not so great at the school. Um, they had a little bit of a confrontation in the first episode, but Courtney being Courtney steps right up to them and pretty much calls them out for slut shaming and you know, really saying like, Hey, thanks for setting the women's movement back about a good 50 years and pretty much shuts them up. But the girl that she goes to defend you know, and further, she goes to further. How about this girl saying, you know, let's get some nail polish remover or, or something, this or that. And the girl's pretty much like telling her like, you know, shut up, stay out of my business. You don't know me. Just leave me alone. So that's Courtney. Courtney's the type of person, she sees something wrong, she's going to do something about it. And I think she's more emboldened to do it now that she is Stargirl. Like, you know, like she pretty much says to Pat later in the episode, 
you know, I didn't want to come here. I didn't want to be here. But now that I'm here, now that I have a staff, you know, and I know the story of the JSA and the ISA and of my father, Starman, now that I know all this, I now realize this is where I'm supposed to be and this is what I'm supposed to do. So what's really kind of good here is the episode does wrap up again. Pat takes her to the old JSA headquarters, and he's trying to do it as a lesson, saying, look, look at all these powerful people with all these powerful relics here. They couldn't get the job done. How do you think you and I are going to get the job done? Courtney then goes back, and she pretty much gathers up most, (laughs) most of the relics there, because we see a lot of interesting things. I mean, obviously, she has the cosmic staff. Um, We see Dr. We see our man's uh, hourglass in his costume. Uh, we see Dr. Midnight's costume and Dr. Midnight's owl, who seems to be eternal. Uh, Pat explains that, you know, that was Dr. Midnight's owl, always kind of his companion. And, you know, the owl has pretty much been sitting here waiting for, you know, his master to come home, which, you know, will not happen. And along with that, we see some other relics as well. Um, we see, you know, and I thought way back when, when they showed that uh, picture of the original JSA that we saw, you know, Alan Scott, uh, Green Lantern, we do, it is confirmed here, and we do see his lantern there. Uh, No power ring there, but I assume it has to be there as well. Uh, You know, we see Flash's helmet, um, and we see Johnny Thunder. Johnny Thunder's sort of like... (laughs) magic pen now i had no idea who johnny thunder was i looked him up um this relic that he has this sort of like pink pen that he has that when courtney good tries to touch it you know it's just like oh my god no that is probably the most dangerous thing in this room do not touch that it actually contained um a genie basically um and it kind of like he could release this this powerful genie Again, I kind of did a really quick search on it, but uh, when later on when Courtney goes back and she begins to collect up, we see her get um, we see her get Doctor Midnight's uh, suit, we see her get Our Man's suit and Our Man's hourglass. We do see her get the Green Lantern, and we do see her get Johnny Thunder's pen. I guess we'll call it. Uh, and we hear uh, as she does pick it up, we do hear kind of a mis- uh, you know mischievous laugh kind of emanating from it. So. The episode pretty much ends with Courtney, like, you know, again, Pat presents this really great case to her, like, you know, we can't do this. We shouldn't do this. I don't want you to do this because, you know, I watched my good friends die 10 years ago. I am not going to watch, you know, you die now. It's just not worth it. But Courtney's like, Courtney is Courtney. Courtney is like. The ISA is out there. We need the JSA. She gathers everything up and she pretty much says to the cosmic staff, let's go recruiting. Now, you know, if you follow this podcast, you know, uh, on Instagram, uh, I always put up pictures about uh, the subject matter that I talk about. And, you know, like I did with Batwoman, uh, with each episode that came out, I pretty much had like a Batwoman cover photo with the episode number and name. I'm doing that with Stargirl. So if you look in the art there... Obviously, you see Stargirl, you see Pat Duke, and you see Stripe, and you see the new Dr. Midnight, the new Hour Man, and the new Wildcat. Um, So she does collect all those relics, but she gets more as well. Are there going to be more members of the JSA? Is there going to be a new Green Lantern? 
that would be really, really cool. Even if it is the Golden Age Green Lantern, I still think that's really, really cool. Um, or is it just going to be those three members and who knows what happens with those other relics? Should be pretty interesting. Uh, like I said, overall, really, really enjoying the show. Uh, I think they're doing a great job of really building these characters, uh, both on the JSA side and the ISA side. Um, again, you know, yes, it is going to be a battle between good and evil, but again, Again, you know, the ISA and their motives of fighting injustice and this whole American dream thing of making America a better and safer place, you know, it's just going to be a really, really interesting fight. It's going to be a really, really interesting struggle between the two of them because, like I said, Courtney wants justice. The ISA wants to fight injustice. So in a way, you would kind of think they're on the same page, but obviously their views of justice and injustice are are vastly different and that's going to lead for an interesting conflict down the road guys thanks for listening do me a favor head on over to instagram stuff you don't need to know is there i post pictures about the content that i talk about this is jay and i'll talk to you guys later See